We want to show the real side of small business, the true small business life. There are a lot of misconceptions about small business and we want to give you a glimpse into the real life of a small business owner. The highs, the lows, the failures, the successes, the full small business life story so that you too can know that you are not alone on your small business journey and so that you can see the journey that many other small business owners have taken themselves. Remember to like, share, and comment so that many others can share in the small business life story. Hello, Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Hey, partner. I love life. I can't complain. The one day at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe we're already coming up on the end of August. It's like time to hunker down for the fourth quarter. I'm like, where did the year go? Right. It seems like we were just all complaining about the uh, whole 2020 thing, and we're three quarters of the way done with 2021 already. So, man. I know. If I, I will admit I got into a habit on our podcast that always ask, how did you survive 2020? But then looking back, I'm like, well, we're kind of past that point now. We're coming yeah. up on the end of 2021. Yeah, 2020 straight. is old news now. Exactly. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. So you and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Uh, very involved some of our it has. It has. We're involved in some of our local chambers and such. But for those listening who don't know, who is Jeremy Pence? What's your story? So I am a uh, father of uh, four. I have three kids of my own in uh, full custody of a, a shared custody of uh, my nephew. Um, I have moved down here to Texas about five years ago from Ohio. And I can honestly say that I have 100% adopted the Texas lifestyle. I love everything about this place. I feel like I'm a much happier version of myself, you know, uh, probably due to the amount of sunshine that you guys get down here or that we get down here. Um, and uh, I moved down here with uh, restarting my entire life, you know, and I didn't know what I was going to do or how it was going to work out. But the one thing I did know is uh, I had been in pest control in Ohio for about 15 years. And uh, long story short, I started at the bottom. I, when I got hired, I didn't know anything about the business. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know the pest control industry was a thing because when I was raised, you know, we were taught that if we ever did see a bug, we had to smash it before it got into a crack or crevice somewhere. And that was that, you know, my parents had nothing to do with pest control. Uh, so when I got the job, I got hired by a guy who literally just taught me that uh, he cared more about taking care of people's problems than he did about making money on the job per se, because he instilled in me that when you treat people the way that you would want to be treated, the long term will allow for growth and success in your field. And so even though I can tell you that I'm just as freaked out about bugs for the most part as most people are, uh, it, I stuck with it because when you're behind somebody like that, it literally drives you to do more, to be better. And uh, then, so when I came down to Texas, I was looking for work. I, I was technically gonna be done with the uh, pest control industry. Uh, and I wasn't finding much at the time. Everything was uh, driving into Dallas or like computer stuff. And uh, if I can tell you anything about my personality type, doing computer work is not my thing. I'm definitely an outside guy. I like new different challenges every day. Um, so I uh, tried something different. I didn't like it. So I ended up just deciding to start my own pest control company called Spiderman Services. 
And what I do is uh, I put a, try to put a little bit of entertainment value into a mundane service that everyone has down here, you know. And what it does is honestly, I'm a I'm a bigger guy. I I, I would what be what you call a dad bod, and people seeing me in this shirt, it, what it does is it instantly breaks down people's barriers. So uh, getting people to that don't know you to talk to you is kind of tough in this day and age. And this shirt literally uh, has people going out of their way to say hello or to shake my hand. Or uh, oddly enough, I'm in their memory the first time that they meet me. So it has uh, done pretty good. And uh, I've used a lot of networking to kind of get involved in the community, the community around here. And uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically my backstory. That's awesome. I mean, you touched on so many things I want to ask you about. I'll try to try to go slowly here. Was entrepreneurialism something that kind of runs in the blood or is it one of those things you got a taste of it, you saw it and you're like, that's what I want. So truthfully, um, even when I worked for the uh, pest control company uh, that I worked for in Ohio, uh, I always had other irons in the fire. You know, I always would try uh, like the home-based businesses, which back then was pretty much all network marketing style stuff, you know, there weren't as many things available as what there is, you know, today. Um, so I've always had it in me, but it wasn't until I came to Texas and I kind of fell flat on my face when I first got here that I was just like, there's gotta be something better. And I thought to myself, man, if I just did like, you know, two to three jobs a day, I would be set, you know? And so I decided to try and go out on my own as far as the, the service business, you know? And there's been a lot of times, John, that I have, you know, been severely stressed out. Like, what the heck did I do? Is this the right decision, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like uh, now I'm to a point where I'm happy. The business is, is thriving and I'm thankful that I, took the entrepreneurial path because I am starting to see a point in my life now where it, it looks like it's going to work, you know? For sure. I think that's one of the things, one of the common patterns that we see, you know, when you first start to month six, it's like all exciting. It's nothing but positive excitement. It's like mm -hmm. a new venture, but then month, you know, seven through 18, that's like some of the hardest months you have this big sense of loneliness you have the, a lot of the self-doubt if you're not where you want to be or where you thought you would be it's like did i make the right call should i just close up shop man it's just not working right mm -hmm. it's that in between that is so hard and what's what's funny is in all the people that we've talked to it doesn't matter between the guy who goes on to build a multi-million dollar business and the person who kind of runs out and has to close shop it's that seven to 18 month period is always the hardest so when you're talking mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things that almost every small business owner sees it's not unique to one business owner we all have it there's just this false illusion that you're the only one going through it when in reality almost everyone goes through that yeah well in in uh during the uh 2020 period you know i really was like oh my god what the heck is going on here right you know? uh so that hit me and i was in the middle of year two and a half to three and a half is where 2020 hit me. I'm, I'm now in, in, well, in my fourth year uh, being in business in Texas. And uh, yeah, it just made for a very, very stressful time where there were many times where I was like, dude, I should just 
hang it up and, you know, go get a job. Cause I mean, I could get a, a pest control job pretty much anywhere and I would be one of their top guys. I know I would, Right. but it's not about that. It's about building something that I can value and, and that I find happiness in, you know? And honestly, there is no feeling like sticking it out and somebody calling you and they're having an issue right now. And you can, you can run over their house or their business and address that scenario so they can go on about their life, you know? And that goes back to you know, the whole why for a business type of mm -hmm. thing. If you do, the people who succeed most in business have a very clear and a very strong why. You know, it's shocking the people we talk to, um, people who start business, whatever. It's, you know, I just wanted to, you know, be my own boss or just wanted to make more money. And it's like really shallow. The business mm -hmm. never lasts. I mean, even for like small business ownership, it's a long term venture. If you can make it to your 10, 15, 20, that's that's when you see the really good returns if you're building it properly. But people yeah. have this false connotation. Oh, you're a business owner. You must be swimming in cash, you know, in less than a year. Yeah. And like, if only. <laughs> yeah. No, because the honest truth is as soon as you register your business with the state, I feel like immediately calls start coming in for all kinds of sponsorships and you know, advertising and uh, I can't even tell you the SEO people, you know, trying to get your website so they can, you know, get it up on Google. Uh, it's literally on the daily. And the, the truth of the matter is, you know, we all would like to have, you know, a huge ad spend budget, uh, a huge budget to uh, get our website up to the top, you know, but the truth of the matter is, is it really comes down to the daily grind, um, mm. day in, day out, just, one customer at a time you know that that's our philosophy just take care of one customer at a time because uh the truth of the matter is is when you're doing one customer at a time and you give them your time right it's valuable enough to them to where they're going to tell their friends about it you know because they had a good experience so they're gonna they're gonna want to share that you know it's so true it's so true and that's something else I, I wanted to ask you for you know for people listening being in the pest control industry, how did you differentiate yourself? I mean, obviously, you're really community involved. You're involved in a couple of the local chambers of commerce. You serve on the board of one. You're an ambassador for the other. Um, and obviously, your marketing is extraordinarily unique. Yeah. But yeah, how did you, in your own words, how did you differentiate yourself from the competition there? Because obviously, in business, you have to have something that, that makes you different. Well, that's where uh, I do feel that my previous job you know, when you put in the time learning your trade or whatever business that you're in, when you put in those years of grinding it out, working for someone and uh, getting the, the skills to the best of your ability, uh, I have to attribute it to that because when I first started in pest control, I was probably like 20. Okay. And I was very backwards individual. I was not very social, you know, but day in and day out, seeing new customers and taking care of the initial problems I was in, I ended up in the commercial side of their business. And so it was my job to not only do the job, but to talk to the commercial customers. And uh, so what I had developed is storytelling. You know, I'm really good at storytelling. And so in my line of work, I feel like what differentiates me is first off, I'm very social. You know, I, it doesn't take me but you to say hello and I will carry on a 45 minute conversation with you if you would like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think that gives me an edge. Uh, the marketing, as you mentioned, uh, is very, very helpful. Um, but then the other thing that I value highly above everything else is the fact that learning from someone who taught me to 
care more about a, a customer's problem than it is about to make money on the job. Because in my line of work, you know, the, the initial call is always dire. You know, someone is having ants in their house and they need them taken care of today, or they have, uh, they're overrun with earwigs and they're trying to have some family over this weekend and they need to get this taken care of before the, their family comes over. So it's always dire the first time, right? So it's the ongoing though. If, if you take care of that customer and you meet that need, then when the general service comes around, that's when the reoccurring income, you know, where they take care of you moving forward because now that they're under control, now we're just maintaining and so it becomes a lot easier over time for sure and i think that gets back to you know the one of the the whys so to speak as a business mm -hmm. obviously you've got to make money if you're not turning yes. a profit it goes under it's not right yeah, we're all in it for the money let's be honest oh for sure you have to and that well that's yeah. the whole idea of a good business you're creating value for both sides you're you're filling a gap you're fulfilling a need on the customer side whether it's a consumer or a business or whatever and then we're obviously creating value hopefully wealth on our side that's how mm -hmm. a good economy works but you hit the nail on the head when you said basically said the money will follow and that's again one of those comments you can't chase the money you have to chase the passion if you yes. do your job well and you always keep the customer first the money will follow it might take time but the money will follow if you cut yeah. corners you're going to cut well, your business and that's actually a, a good topic too is the fact that you know our society is built on instantaneous gratification you know and yep. so uh so many people want to start something and instantly be good at it. And the only reason, the only reason I am still in this and consider myself very good at my job is because I have over 20 years of experience now. You know, when I first started, it literally took me five to seven years before I felt like I was pretty good at my job. And I would say by year 11, I, I knew I was. Um, you might have to edit that out. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was, I, I knew I was pretty good, like really good at that point. You know, I, I think my skills have developed, but it took so much time because every scenario is different. Every, you know, dealing with people is different every time, you know? And so you have to acquire those skills. Uh, and the only way to do that is experience. And I feel like that is another thing that uh, separates us is, is the fact that you know, when, when you have that much experience behind you, it gives me confidence now to where when I'm dealing with a customer, I know that I, I pretty well know what the answer is, you know, before they even fully tell me what it is. But uh, you have to understand that experience is one part of it. Dealing with people is the other part of it. It's so true. And you touched on so many points there. I mean, one, you know, that I really want to talk about when you're the business owner, you are going to be the top managing officer the top specifically marketing manager because yeah. no one else is going to be able to tell your story the way that you do even if you don't like marketing even if you don't like the social part of it you've got to do it no one else can tell the story the way you do no one else has that same passion so you need to get outside your comfort zone um it, it's part of it you know it's like you know people say though i don't like the accounting or the bookkeeping or i don't like the hr part i, I get it we all have those but especially in the early years, you got to do it. You have to at least speak yeah. the lingo. You can build it to the point where you delegate yeah. it for sure or outsource it. But you you have to understand it. The, you have to understand the way it works. Mm -hmm. You don't have the luxury of just writing it off as, oh, I don't like it. Well, uh, I'm sorry, but that, that's part of the territory. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because one of the things that uh, 
didn't go as planned as you know I, I said mentioned earlier is my idea when I started the business is if I just do a couple of jobs a day I'm gonna be good you know it would replace my my income as far as working at right a secular job and uh, yeah you don't think about all the back end stuff and the extra calls coming in and you know there there have been many days where I feel like my eyes open and I'm already working and then I'm pretty well working until my eyes shut for the evening you know oh for sure. And, that is that is the uh, the grind that I'm talking about. It, as a small business owner, man, when you're trying to get up and off the floor, you know it, it it's going to take some of your time. You have to understand that you're going to be putting in the work. I think that's one of the other big misconceptions in business. Oh, you own a business, you must have a lot of really flexible schedule. Well, flexible, yes. Spare time, absolutely not. I mean, we were t- we had one of our first podcast guests. Uh, owned a local business and he was like for the first two years of his business he didn't get more than four hours of sleep a night if he was lucky that's part of the price of building a business and you know owning that definitive asset Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of effort it's the grind it's a lot of 14 16 hour days especially the especially for that first year or two but that's where you have to really keep in mind this is a long-term investment that's something i would like you know would like to ask too as a business owner who's kind of been through it and you've got your business to the point where it's like, all right, we're, we're kind of there. Now it's about growth. You made it through that first really hard part. What was the mindset behind getting through it? And what was the how? I mean, obviously, we you always hear everyone talk about, you know, they simplify it. Just do a good job. Just work the grind. What did that look like for you in your industry? Well, for me, I mean, you're, you, I mean, my family is a uh, huge motivator. You know, when I like I said, when I moved down here, I kind of, fell on my face a couple of times uh, with, with some things that didn't work out. And I was trying to uh, provide for my family and I was severely lacking. You know, thankfully I had a couple of uh, rental properties to sell. And so we were kind of living off the income of the sale of those properties for a couple of years. But uh, no matter how tired I was, no matter how confused I was, no matter how hard the job was, you know, I would, I could not allow myself to give up because once I got in this, I just decided in my mind that this is where it's going to be. You know, it's not where I pictured myself. When I came out of high school, I did not, you know, see myself as a long-term uh, pest control guy. But because it turned out that I, 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 I do kind of like the job, but I'm really good at bug identification and all the things that go along with it. And I developed those skills. You know, now I understand that... <clears throat> that why why not go with what you know you know what i mean and so when i made that decision that i was all in i did not give myself the opportunity to say that it's not going to work now i have been stressed out and sometimes i question myself but when you're trying to provide for a family um it just and you know that if you if you don't succeed you know it's gonna not just affect me it's gonna affect my children and my family, you know, so um, really that is the why behind everything is, you know, you just want to, you want your kids to live a better life than what you did. You know, that's every parent's goal in life is to try to provide a life that is better than the way that I was raised, uh, which I was raised pretty good. I mean, I'm not complaining about it or nothing, but I just, I want things to be better. I want to offer them everything that I can. And so when you have that why inside you, it literally drives you to the point that, no matter how tired you are, no matter how hard it is, just keep on trucking. 
And that's one of those things too. It's like, yeah, I don't have the answer right now, but I'm going to find it. Or I don't know what needs to be done right now, but I'm going to figure it out. It's one of those really open-ended things. You find a way. It's not as linear as a lot of people think it is. Um, there's definitely a curve. You know, you kind of start slow. Oh, yeah. For some reason, if you're doing it well, it just spikes and blows up. But there are things you can do to implement, you know, good business planning, good marketing plan, a budget, you know, all those types of things for sure. But to your point, it's at the end of the day, you have to do the work. You have to do the research. I think that's another thing that's you know co commonly overlooked. To your point about getting the experience and everything, how many hours do you think you put in before you actually started your own business? 10,000, 15,000? Yeah. And that's the old- 10,000 hours at least. And that's what they all say, you know, you kind of become an expert at 10,000 hours. They also say, you know, old wives tale type stuff. Seven years is overnight success in business. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things are really darn true. There's no shortcut to success. It takes effort. You have to out hustle it. Not unorganized. You have to have you have to have structure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the more you put in, the faster you can expedite that curve. Yeah. That's where it just goes back to that whole why again. You always have to start with the why, and then you can build off of that. But when you've got that, this is why we're doing it. There, like you said, failure isn't an option because there are going to be things that come up in your way that make it really easy and tempting to quit and hang it up. Oh, yeah. But when you have that strong why, that strong passion, it's bigger than the business. The business becomes a tool to achieve something greater. And mm -hmm. those are the businesses that really blow it out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is, you know, the, the vision behind it as to uh, what I actually see for this company in the future uh, keeps me motivated to keep on going because uh, it's, it starts with what I know. Like my, my intent was, you know, pest control is what I know. So I'm thinking small, just focus on that, right? And build a successful company around that. And then in the long term, though, my vision is so much more than that to where I want to see that so bad. I want to see that happen so bad that that is a, a motivation for me to just keep on going because I just feel like if I can make it there, then it would <clears throat> be life changing for a lot of people. You know, so we're going to have to ask for a little bit of the secret preview here. What's the vision? Share a little if you can. So um, the intent is to add um, different services along with pest control and to incorporate um, family friendly situations with each aspect of the, the business that we bring on. So in long story short, the idea is if you have a home or residence, it would be one phone call to Spider-Man Services and we'll take care of whatever you're having issues with, uh, whether it's electricity, whether it's uh, uh, plumbing or pest control or roofing or whatever, you know, uh, basically kind of like the Amazon of the service companies. Yeah. You know? One call will get you whatever you need. I love it. What a great thing to work towards too. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, cause you're a very customer centric guy. That obviously makes it super easy for the end user saying, hey, I got an issue with this. I'm going to call up my one phone number, <clears throat> whether it's Christmas lights or pest control yeah, or HVAC exactly. or whatever it might be. It's turnkey, truly turnkey. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about it, you know, Amazon is actually a probably one of the largest websites on the planet because they make it convenient and easy for the consumer to get the products that they're interested in, right? And so... My thought process is, okay, so there are so many different companies out there for so many different uh, services. Uh, 
that if anybody has been alive over the last, uh, what, 12 years on Facebook and you're in a Facebook group, you, we all can agree that 70% of a Facebook group is, can I get a recommendation on a plumber? Can I get a recommendation on a uh, real estate agent? Can I get a recommendation on this or that? You know, and it's because there's so much information out there that we don't know who or what to trust. And so the intent is to grow something that if, if you trust us with your pest control, you would be very inclined to trust us with your electricity. And it's, if the, the more we work together and we can make that cohesive for the consumer, then everything else will just fall into place. Because once you win that trust and you're, they know that you're taking care of them, you're not just making money off of them, right? When they know that behind uh, closed doors, we have their best interests at heart, it will, it will gain their trust. And once you gain their trust, then, you know, people will work with you and they'll be happy to refer you, you know? Mm -hmm. And all to your point, it all starts with just doing a good job, do the mm -hmm. right thing. In that sense, it's not complicated. You know, it's I, you know, I love college football and I always love going back to those college football examples, which by the way, we finally made it just a few days left. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> exactly. Um, when you, when you can start off with that, that mindset of being, you know, customer centric and just focusing on what's best for them to deliver for them. Mm -hmm. everything else will fall into place. You know, um, there's a football team maybe 20 years ago and they asked the head coach, why are y'all, they were like top five, you know, year after year after year. They're, what makes your football team so good? Just focus on little things. Make good blocks. Don't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. Don't make mental mistakes. Don't miss tackles. And a bunch of little things, you know, it's like, we don't play fat, flashy football. We don't want to. We just want to play good, solid football. Their fundamentals were rock solid. And no, they weren't the flashy style that we see in a lot of places today, but they were darn good. They were like 11 and 1, 10 and 2 every year, always in New Year's Day Bowl or playoff, that type of thing. Yeah. And it's the same thing in business. You do all the little things correctly. You don't have to, you don't have to have that flashy business model or that flashy product or service. Just do the right things the right way and good things mm -hmm. will, will follow. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree with that. You know, just do right by people. You know, if you go into anything, you know, and you have the intent to take care of them the same way that you would take care and protect yourself, your people will, will be happy to do business with you. You know, it's, it's the shady stuff that we're all shy of, you know. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people get mixed up in that and they don't realize they get mixed up into it until they're halfway through a service or they pay the person, you know, half down or whatnot, and then they're screwed. And right. it, it makes the trust level go way down, you know, but if you are taking care of them the way that you would take care of yourself, people are going to be more than happy. You know? And that and that's where it goes back to the whole long term, the, the long term game. If you do a good job for that customer, when they have that need to rise again. They're going to call you back. If you've got any type of marketing, you leave a business card, you have a, a CRM with regular emails or text or phone calls or whatever that process might be, they're going to be coming back to you. Whereas if you screw them over, you might get a big chunk right away. Not only will that person find out and never work with you again, they're going to tell their friends, they're going to tell their circles of influence who then tell their circles of influence. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, you're going to be, you're going to be run out of town. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, it's funny you say that because I actually had a situation today where a, uh, a young lady from Rowlett called me who was a customer of mine for a year and a half. I did three services on her home and uh, then she kind of fell off the map for about a year. And I was like, 
I've, I've been concerned the whole time. I'm like, this is, you know, different. Well, she calls me up today and she says, hey, uh, we are well overdue for a pest control service. And I'm like, Miss Hernandez, it's so great to freaking hear from you, you know? And she proceeded to tell me that, uh, you know, they, they had gone through some stuff with the uh, uh, pandemic and stuff. So they turned it off for a little bit, but she said that uh, she's very happy with the service and wanted to jump back on. And it just gave me a, a sigh of relief, you know, because when you do lose customers, you know, it, it concerns me because I, I, I want to be able to appease everyone. You know, that's human nature. You want to you be a, appeasing and liked by people, you know. And so that was very reassuring to me to know that even though she hadn't worked with me for about a year now, you know, as soon as, as soon as the issue arose, I was the first one right back in her mind. You know what I mean? So exactly. And there's it does work out when you take care of people, they will take care of you. And I think it's just, again, keeping that, that time perspective in mind when you start a business, it's not going to get to where you want it to go in six months, unless you get a little bit, a little bit of luck at least. And first, maybe you have the, unless some super proprietary next level technology like the iPhone or something like that when it first mm -hmm. launched. Apart from that, it's going to take time. There's no shortcut. Just build it into the business model and your financial planning so you can then compensate for it. But you have to have, you do need to have a level of patience when you start a business, especially yeah. if you're going independent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that's another funny thing is I remember uh, my very first networking event in Rockwall, I met you first. I don't know if you remember this, but we met at the Rockwall chamber at a ribbon cutting and I stepped just inside the door to the innovation room and you were standing right there and me and you were talking. And I remember thinking to myself, bro, like this is the craziest thing I've ever done before. Cause again, like I was unsure, I was in a new place. I had just started. And I remember thinking to myself, here I am world. You know, we're open for business. Come use me, you know? Yep. Uh, but it's it's not the way it works. You know, what happens is, you know, you, you show up, you do the grind every day, people will get to know you, and then they start using you when they trust you. You know, that's, we're, we're all built uh, and wired the same way. Um, and that's really what it came down to is just uh, gaining the trust, which happens over time, you know, so you just have to be prepared and just keep grinding it out because uh, the more you do that, the more people are going to see and understand. Exactly. And they'll buy in, they'll become your advocate, but you have to mm -hmm. earn their trust and that takes time. What's the, what's the saying about trust? You earn it in drops and you lose it in buckets. Mm -hmm. It takes time to do things yeah. the right way and the system will build. You just have, you have to have the patience for that which is, again i get it, it's easier said than done yeah but it's part of it yeah sometimes sometimes it is tough to to be patient and wait but uh, i i agree with you 100 percent. you gain it in drops you lose it in buckets it's know? true it's so true. which is even more important as to why it is good to build a culture of doing right by the customer because if you're taking that approach it's a lot less likely that you're going to break that trust you know for sure. Amen. Amen. Because it, it, because another thing is like when you take that approach of, of caring for another individual the way that you would care for yourself, is there a lot also a lot more lenient to your mistakes, you know, because uh, when they feel that you do have their best intent and you make a mistake, they're very forgiving because they want to give you more chances because it, it uh, you know, I compare it to a love relationship kind of, you know. They're not in love with you or anything, but I'm just saying that when 
when people give you chances like that, it's because they want you to be successful. They want you to be better. They want to do business with you and they want to give you every opportunity to correct that mistake in a good way. And, and so doing right by them is, is uh, uh, of most importance. I know I keep saying that, but it is literally the most important thing. That's why it's true, especially because we make whether we like it or not, or want to admit it or not. The reason why we make purchases is largely emotional. Mm -hmm. And when you can, bond over trust and that trust is exchanged they're going to try to work with you and to your point mistakes are going to happen you can't control everything whether it's your fault or not your fault something's not going to go according to the plan and you're going to have to go to the customer and say hey you know what this ain't going right but don't worry i'll take care of it here's what we're going to do then it's no big deal it's like okay i know you'll take care of it that's fine just let me know but you have to earn the trust first you we could we could talk on that literally all day long yeah, literally, literally all day. All day. true yeah. So here's my favorite part. We got about 10, maybe 15 minutes left here. Based on your experiences as a business owner, what are three things that you would recommend uh, to small business owners out there, either already in existence or maybe they're looking to start a business for the first time? What are three things that you would do tell them to do? Well, um, the first thing I would say is to take the plunge, you know, just jump, you know. A lot of times in life, we are waiting for that right moment, the right time where everything lines up and it just feels like it's going to work, you know. But the truth of the matter is, is most of the time it's fear that holds us back. It's it's the risk of the unknown, right? Our current life, we know what we're getting and we've learned to adjust and accommodate it, you know. So it's hard to leave that when you're deciding to make a new path. And you don't know where that path is going to lead, you know, but the human mind is actually a, a crazy, wonderful thing, you know, and when you make a decision in your mind that there is no turning back, there is no way out. It is either this or nothing. I'm going all in, you know, what's really weird is your mind will help you find a way to where you're going. You know, if you give yourself an out, if you decide that it's a possibility that you can give up or you don't have a strong why as to why you're doing it, your mind is going to allow you to fail. That's where our failures come from is because we're not 100% invested. So as a small business owner, I would say my first thing is, is to take the plunge and just keep going because I promise you, when you put your 100% into anything, it's going to be successful, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, Number two, I would say is uh, learning to delegate, which I will tell you that I still struggle with this today, you know, Don't uh, all. but delegating is extremely important because uh, the way life works uh, is that we need each other, 100% need each other because my mentality is different than your mentality, you know? And you have to have different ways, different viewpoints of looking at things to see where uh, people are coming from and understanding that. But not only that is I'm good at some things, you're good at some other things. And so being able to delegate the things that I'm not good at frees me up, um, frees, frees up my time to focus on the things that I am good at. Because here's the thing is I know personally, right? that I am great at talking with people face-to-face. -face. I am great at sales, you know, uh, selling people stuff. I am great at getting to know people. 
and I'm great at my actual job of, of doing pest control for, for somebody. What I am not good at is all of the administration stuff, you know, and, you know, I, I can literally stare at a computer and not do anything for two hours. And I think to myself, how in the world did I just waste two hours and not get anything done? But it's because, you know, we are built to be successful and good at certain things because it, it makes you aware that you need others, whether you want to work with them or not, you know, mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. <clears throat> and uh, so I would say that is a strong number two for me. And then uh, number three, I would say is uh, not giving up. You know, there are so many, you know, they, they say that businesses are, are made or lost within the first five years of being True. You know, which I, I'm still under five years uh, myself. And I'll, I'll just tell you, there are many, many days where your mind is like wearing you out and you just think to yourself about just throwing in the towel and going back to the easy stuff, you know. But I just encourage you uh, to stay strong and all you small business owners out there, especially with what we just went through. You know, it's unprecedented what we just went through. And a lot of companies have had to close their doors across the United States. And I don't wish that on anybody, you know, because the feeling of being able to provide for not only you, yourself and your family, but to uh, take care of people that work with you. You know, so I have uh, two employees that work with me and the thought in my mind is like, I just, <clears throat> I don't understand how I got here. I'm, I'm literally taking care of these other people and making sure they have work to take care of their families. So that feeling is pretty awesome to be honest with you, but it still doesn't, it still doesn't take away from the fact that I, I seriously have days where it's like, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Why did I do this? And so I just would encourage all small business owners that are listening or watching this uh, to stay strong mentally. Because again, if you are hundred percent focused, it is going to work out. And so no matter what your mind tells you, just don't give up. I think you hit the nail on the head on all of those. It's all super applicable. At some point mm -hmm. in time, you got to pull the trigger. Yes, go in with a game plan. Yes, be smart about it. At some point, though, you just do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just got to start somewhere. I mean, delegating, mm -hmm. that's another one we could talk all day about. You can't grow the business beyond yourself if you don't delegate. And I, I get it's harder. Like, oh, that business is your baby. But you've got to be able to delegate. Yeah. And uh, another thing is, is, as far as just taking the plunge and, and taking the jump, is what holds us back is not knowing how, Right. But the truth of the matter is, is the journey is most of the fun anyway, like figuring it out, you know, because uh, I can tell you multiple times. I, I remember uh, walking down the street in uh, walking down Jefferson Street when I was like 21, 22. I was recently married, uh, working at a local gas station in Delphus, Ohio. And I thought to myself, man, I should. It's, it, I, it was when the first iPhone came out. And I didn't know anything about stock trading or anything like that. And I just, I thought to myself, and I, well, I, I told my wife at the time that we should invest in Apple stock and I didn't do it. You want to know why? Because I didn't know how. And I look back now and I'm like, hmm, that would have provided generational wealth. You know, the difference between 2001 Apple stock and 2021 Apple stock. Mm -hmm. There was another time where I had, uh, thought to myself in my local town of Delphus about 
man, it'd be a really good idea if someone would build a small hotel out off of the uh, U.S. interstate. And uh, two years later, I did again, I didn't do it because I didn't know how. You know, I'm just a small time guy. I didn't make a lot of money. And uh, two years later, there was a hotel put up by the uh, interstate and it does very, very well to this day, you know. And so when it came time for me to do the business, I was like, I'm all in. I, I've made this mistake a couple of times before. I am not doing it again, you know. So mm -hmm. just take the jump. I love it. I love it. Jeremy, thank you so much for those three tips, for sharing the story um, and all that fun stuff. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, to share the journey with us. Yes, sir. I appreciate the opportunity, John. You stay safe, stay blessed, and we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Yep.